0: So we have Chris Arnold on the line. And Chris, I really appreciate your time. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you because you have a very unique way of marketing. Well, it's old school, but unique in the way that uh, things are being done in your world right now. So I'm, I'm really interested in having this conversation. But why
2: don't we start things off with having you introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, man. So thanks for having me on, Jack. We'll have a good time today, and we're definitely going to drop some value. Um, I think we're going to open the eyes of uh, some of the investors listening today on a marketing channel that everyone knows about but no one's using. Quick snapshot: uh, I've been in the game for about fifteen years. Um, my path was, you know, agency slash brokerage. You know, being an agent to running a brokerage to transitioning over to investment. So now we run one of the largest uh, wholesale companies in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, I do all of that virtually. So we have no brick-and-mortar office, which means I actually live down in the Caribbean, in Tulum, Mexico, full-time, um, which was a dream of mine as well. And then you know how it is. You continue to develop ideas, you do a lot of coaching. And so about four years ago, I launched my passion, um, which is Multiplier's Brotherhood, um, which is a brotherhood for some of the top real estate investors around the country. And all my boys, they come down here to Tulum uh, once a year, which is great. Mm, Excuse me. And then lastly, uh, REI Radio as well, which we're going to talk about today. So yeah, let's, let's jump
0: right into that. REI Radio. I don't think a lot of people consider radio as a source of advertising you know we're, we're so focused on yellow letters pay-per-click all of the bandit signs radio yeah. has fallen off the
2: radar like what what led it's you never been radio? on the radar for investors this is this is what's funny about it so my background i've been doing radio now for 10 years and i can tell you as soon as people hear radio there are some assumptions that automatically come up and i'll tell mm-hmm. you why it's been around as long as it has, but completely underutilized. The number one assumption is this. Um, I don't listen to the radio, so my demographic doesn't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to Spotify, uh, You know, I've got Pandora. What you have to realize is that you are not your demographic. Your demographic is over the age of 50, and guess what, they do not have Spotify downloaded on their phone, they just mm-hmm. don't. They still listen to the radio. The second thing on top of that is people assume that it's not affordable. It's like, well, I'm new to the game. There's no way I could afford radio. And all the students that we have nationwide are starting anywhere around about $1,000 to $2,000 a month to advertise on radio, which people don't realize. And if you're new to the game, you're probably spending more on that on direct mail. And so those two assumptions right there pull people away from radio, not ever really connecting the dots. But I can tell you this, if you're listening, ask yourself this question, who do I know in my market that's utilizing radio to find motivated sellers? I guarantee you probably cannot name anyone. And this is what's so beautiful about it. It's completely wide open. There's virtually no competition on radio right now.
0: Yeah, and you know, with now you know when you talk about that too, I actually in a previous life I used to sell radio. Um, this is so, going to be a
2: good discussion. Then it's so, how to get interesting.
0: Well, since then, you know, um, we've seen a lot of consolidation of radio stations. Um, so when you're doing radio advertising, you're probably
2: not just advertising on one station anymore. No, absolutely not. So to give you an idea, the first station I ever picked up cost me $1,500. So I got in the game for $1,500, but now uh, we spend around $27,500 a month, which is equivalent to about six to seven radio stations in Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Um, So that gives you an idea of how inexpensive it is to get in the game. But to answer your question, how well you can scale it over time, um, we're talking about a really high ceiling to where if you want to ramp this bad boy up and really start to put some marketing dollars in it, radio will support it, which is great. So, yeah, we're on multiple stations for sure.
0: Sure. Do you find that some stations like formats work better than others? Say that again? Do you find that some radio station formats work better than others? Do you oh, prefer yeah, like country absolutely. stations versus the news stations? How does that work? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so I can tell you this. The first thing people want to know is, you know, do I advertise on AM or FM, right? Initially, you want to go after the music stations. And again, I'm going to lay out some of our process today um, just so people can really get a sense of some of the nuts and bolts in how we do this. But based on who your demographic is, like over the age of 50, it's not complicated because we're reverse engineering down to the type of music they listen to. So if my primary demographic is over the age of 50, well, what do your grandparents listen to, right? Or even Mm -hmm. your parents, you know, old school country might be one or, you know, the old classic rock or even something like classical music. So this is the great thing you don't realize about radio is you can niche it just like you do social media because I promise you that people under the age of twenty five are probably not listening to old school country mm-hmm. people are very niched into the type of music they listen to so you can really go after that demographic with a more of a sniper type approach this is not a you know uh, a spray and pray type model where we're just hoping to pick up some people. It's very niched. Sure. So, you know, what, what, kind of, you know,
0: I hate to jump all the way into this here now, but what, what kind of call to action do you have when you're, when you're advertising on these stations then, is it driving them to a website, to a phone
1: call? Great
2: question. Great question. Um. So I'm going to compare it to Direct Mail. Um, nothing against Direct Mail, but I'll pick on that one a little bit because it's the other side well, of the spectrum. That's what everybody's
0: doing. I mean,
2: we, yeah. we, we've so all we used that. I mean, we can talk about ringless voicemail, text blasting, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you do Direct Mail, what you're doing is you're getting a high call volume of lead, but a low quality. Mm-hmm. Over 50% of those calls are people that are angry with you for putting that postcard in their mailbox. Mm -hmm. The other side of the spectrum is radio, which you're getting a much more low call volume, but it's the highest quality lead that you know how to generate. So it would be like if you could magically take direct mail, get rid of all the, what I call, crap calls, right? That's fundamentally what they are, and be left with just the good stuff. That's what radio is. So because of that, we, send everyone via the phone. We don't even put a URL or a website because that lead is so hot. Cause think about it. If someone is driving down the road and they call in because they hear your station. They're primarily not tire kickers. This is someone that's ready to make a decision Well, they wouldn't have taken the time to call you on the phone in the first place. So you want to answer all of these calls live because of the quality of them. Right. No, that's, that's yeah. very interesting. So if um,
0: let's, Let's say somebody is interested in trying radio. Like, how do you how do you start? I mean, I know you know being a radio sales guy at the time, I was literally dropped off on Main Street in whatever town, and I'd go from one business to the next, just hoping I could find somebody to buy radio from me. Um, it never happened. Somebody like you calling into a radio station and asking for ads. I mean, that's a different conversation. I mean, that's a different yeah. conversation for the salesperson.
2: Yeah. And I will tell you the way we go about it. Um, not, And I love I'm having this conversation with you because you're a sales rep, which is fundamentally the person that we're primarily dealing with, right, to get our radio up and going. So mm-hmm. you're going to understand this probably from a way that hasn't been talked about before in an interview I've done. So this is why I'm excited about this. So most of the time, if someone calls in to advertise on a radio, they're going to call into the station and the station's going to connect them with you, the rep, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we got a rep, Jack, you can talk with him. And what you're going to do is you're going to send over a media kit, which is fundamentally retail pricing. It's all the bells and whistles, you know, you can Mm -hmm. do streaming and you can do this and, Jack, you and I know none of that stuff matters. It doesn't. It's just a bunch (laughs) of upsell stuff. It's like checking out on GoDaddy and being upsold on 20 different things you probably don't need. Right, right. So what we do is we say, Jack, um, we're potentially advertising on your station. We're looking at other stations, but I need these three reports. And we have you pull specific reports which tell us everything about the station you represent. We're fundamentally like exposing the station down to how many people listen, even all the way down to hour by hour to how many people own homes, to what percentage of their audience is over the age of 50, like every piece of data that you can imagine. And then when we ask for that, the sales reps blown away because they've never heard us or our students, again, we have people East to West Coast doing this now, being asked for these things. They're like, How do you even know what a ranker is? (laughs) Like They're like so surprised. And then the big thing we do, and here's the secret sauce, is we teach our students how to get in and buy at a deep discounted wholesale price. Hmm. And the reason you're going to understand this if you're listening to this is when you make money in real estate, the money you make is always on the buy. If you can buy a house at 60, 70 cents on the dollar, you're going to make money. Mm -hmm. If you buy a house at 80, 90 cents on the dollar, I don't care how effectively you rehab it, you're probably going to lose money. Mm -hmm. The same is true with radio. We're hitting these reps at a deep discounted price, and they are biting on it because we're coming at it with data. And that's what we're teaching in our program. And that's why our students, on average, and I'll be curious when I tell you these numbers, which are accurate. On average, our students are paying for sixty second spots on radio all across the country, on average, between five dollars to twenty dollars for a sixty second spot. State to state, yeah. market to market. Yeah, depending that's on low. The
0: market. That that's very low. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm quite shocked at that. It's that's not and so are the
2: sales reps
0: that we huh? negotiate with. Yeah, so so that's that's really interesting because if if I was the sales rep sitting there and somebody's calling in, I would just be like, oh man, I got got the sucker. I mean, I got the guy who's he's gonna buy retail. I would he's have very you, know you kind of knock them on their heels if if you're going through
2: some sort of negotiation regarding this. Absolutely. And so that's a power of what we're teaching. That's why our students are getting on you know, they're closing one or two deals, Um, literally they're executing, you know how radio is, as soon as you turn it on, the phone starts ringing. So most of our students are executing contracts with anywhere within the first two to six weeks because these people have never heard this ad before and they're not on somebody's list, potentially. This is not a list-dependent audience like direct mails, list-dependent, text-blasting is and so forth. And so what I find is they close one or two deals. They paid for radio for like a year or two. Mm -hmm. So everything else on top of that is just nothing but going to the bottom line net, which was what makes radio such a great thing to have from an ROI perspective.
0: Sure. So you, you, you mentioned these reports, would that be something that you'd be able to share right now? Like what, what reports or one, give us an example of one of these reports that, uh, you take a look.
2: Yeah, again, I won't, I won't give all of them, uh, but like sure. to not get off too far into the weeds, a ranker would be an example. Uh, a ranker is a list of all the potential stations in your area, and that ranker is going to give you some very particular data. Um, one of the data pieces that we care about are what are called CUMES, C-U-M-E-S, which is how a radio is measured in the sense of their size of their listenership. Sure. And so that would be an example of a report that we would pull to utilize against the actual reps from the negotiation process. Sure.
0: So you yeah. know, one of the things that you talked about is that um, people have a tendency of just kind of sticking with the type of format that they grew up with. You know, like old country or talk radio or or whatever. Um, I would also have to think. You said you target those music sites. Have you found a benefit of of targeting some of the younger oriented stations? Um, because I would think that if somebody's in distress, one of the first things that goes is their subscription to Spotify. Now they're going back to radio.
2: Yeah. No. Again, there's three demographics uh, in the U.S. fundamentally when it comes to radio. Um, being young is not one of those demographics. So another demographic as an example would be rural. So depending on where you live in your area, your primary person that you do business with might not be over the age of 50, but might be rural. You might be out in the country, like up in, you know, the Midwest or something like that. And you're going to find that, you know, in a city like that country, Music, not old school country, just straight country is going to to hit that target demographic. But we're never really going after someone, you know, that's young per se, because those people are usually not technically and statistically the people that primarily have a reason to sell. Again, go look at your closings. I guarantee you that the primary demographic you're going to see in the closing is over the age of 50. And maybe they're being represented by someone that's a little bit younger because they inherited the house or something like that. But you'll see that to be the case. But one of the things I'll add on to, because I know the people that are listening uh, in the audience, again, you've got some seasoned people, but some that are newer. Let me tell you a couple of reasons why I think radio is really valuable for someone that's newer to the game. Um, Number one is it's set it and forget it. Jack, I don't know if you've ever launched a marketing channel where you feel like when you did it, you just created an entirely new job for yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's so much work to maintain it. The thing that's great for someone that's working a nine to five and they have this big dream of crossing over to being a full-time real estate investor and entrepreneur, they need marketing channels that do not suck up a lot of their time. And radio is that channel because when you launch it, The radio station manages everything for you. All you got to do is pay your bill monthly and answer the phone when it rings. Mm. That's it. And if you compare that to direct mail, where you're constantly trying to refine your list through list stacking, you're tweaking your postcard, you're dealing with the mail company, you're getting inundated with a bunch of calls that you don't want, you'll realize that one of the challenges to really being able to make that leap from a full-time job to being an investor is you're probably dealing with a marketing challenge that's just eating up a lot of your time. Radio doesn't do that. And I know a lot of our students are actually you know, have been in the game less than a year or two primarily. I think a lot of people are like, well, the people, Chris, you're coaching are probably the biggest in the industry. You know, we get primarily people have been in the business a year or two because it's a great fit for them.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what's the type of message that, you know, with radio, I just remember it being inundated with ads. Like, how do you,
2: how do you stand out in? Uh, Cause nobody's first of all driving this message. <laughs> so, sure. It's easier for your ad to stand out when there's not seven other companies trying to say the same thing. So that's first. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, it's a very straightforward hit on pain point type of ad. You know, have you inherited a house, right? Do you have a house that's going into foreclosure? Do you, do you have a house that needs thousands of dollars in repair? Are you a landlord that's tired of dealing with tenants? So we're literally hitting every pain point that we know circumstantially requires people to want to sell their house at a discount. So when they hear that and they go, you know what, that's me. I'm that landlord that's tired of dealing with tenants. I'm going to call this guy or this girl and I'm going to, you know, look at potentially selling my house because he's right. I'm tired of dealing with this. And so that's what we focus on. And again, there's no other ad like that on a radio station. It's similar to it. Sure. So, you know, with that being said, uh, when they're
0: calling in, it's really, it sounds like it's especially in this case, we've always been taught that it's important to answer that phone call. The, the quicker you can answer that call or return a call, the better. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's even possibly even more important in this case, because I mean, they're calling in reaction to your
2: ad, typically, probably yeah. while the ad may be still being played. Without question. And again, why I say answer live is because if you're doing direct mail, you've probably been taught to run all those calls to voicemail, have a VA go back and listen to them, and then tee up the ones that sound to be warm and remove all the hate calls.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: there are systems that are being built to where people are purposely not answering the calls live. So that's why I mentioned that. But let me state this. The reason you call capture these live Other than the fact that there's qualities, let me give you two more things that happen on radio that don't happen with any of the other traditional channels for marketing. Number one, you get celebrity status. People don't understand, or you're probably listening and you do. I I take that back. You probably understand this even if you're new to the game. There is value in you growing your brand Mm -hmm. to having a good, sophisticated brand that has a strong reputation. The problem is you can't brand your company via bandit signs. You know everyone in the hates you if you put your company logo on it. Same with text blasting. Same with RVMing. Um, you're spamming people, so you're never doing or utilizing a methodology that's building your brand. The thing about radio is it builds your brand because it's professional and sophisticated, and you get celebrity status. This is where movie stars come from, right? They come via now it's actually three places: movies radio, and now obviously social media, which is the new way to become a celebrity. And so what you don't realize is when you advertise on the radio, it attaches celebrity status to yourself. And all of a sudden, people begin to elevate you in your community and your brand. And the thing that follows behind that, which I think is really important for someone that's even newer, is you get instant credibility. So let me ask you this, if I got to go against you, Jack, head to head, you know, hypothetically on an appointment, Mm-hmm. And you walk in as the guy that they responded to on direct mail, and I'm the guy that they heard on the radio that has celebrity status and is perceived as being smarter because people advertise on radio are smarter. People just assume that it's instant credibility. Who do you think is going to win in that appointment? I'd rather yeah, walk in with the celebrity status than instant credibility. So if you're new and you've got people in your area that are more seasoned, radio is a way that you can start to catch up with people that might be ahead of you from a time standpoint because you're growing the strength of your brand faster than they are. Sure. So do
0: you, are, you, are you strictly using radio or do you enhance it with any other options as well?
2: Yeah, I never believe you should put all of your eggs in one basket. Um, so we definitely do digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely do direct mail, but it's much more niche and targeted um, than it used to be back in 1718. We were sending like 100,000 pieces a month. Um, and it just really nosedived in 2018 for us in Dallas in the sense of dollar per dollar return. And of course, we do a lot of coal wholesaling as well. Um, so people, you know, come across deals in Dallas, uh, and they want to partner in JV with us. And so we definitely work with investors to help them move those properties because we have such a strong, uh, cash buyers list.
0: Sure. So,
2: man, there's a lot to to think about here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it is one of those conversations where you step back and you connect the dots and you go, it completely makes sense. It and does. that's what people are realizing. And I realized, as I said on the sideline on this for about two years and not really talked about it, is I've just watched people never really get it. And now that my students get it and we're actually educating people, they're like, this is the best thing ever. How has no one done this? It's one of those things you scratch your head about. Again, mm-hmm. it's the marketing channel that everyone knows about, but nobody's using. It's true. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you,
0: you're absolutely right. Especially with that population, um, they would be listening to radio. It's like I I, I talked to uh, somebody else the other night where it's the same population. I don't. My first in instinct now is that I don't I don't skip trace uh, a phone number like like normal people. I the first thing I do is check the white pages first because more times than not, if they're they it's the same people that will still have a landline phone. They're going to be the ones listening to a radio.
2: Yeah, and there's some truth to that as well. So I, th- I think you're right. When you look at that potential demographic, um, you really begin to realize that radio is one of the best ways to communicate with them. It's like, duh. Like the light bulb just goes off and you connect it. Um, but Jack, one of the, I think, biggest questions, you know, if I was listening right now, the question I would be asking is, okay, sounds wonderful, great benefits, I get it, but let's talk about the return on investment, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you're reading my mind.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So let's get down to like the nuts and bolts. Um, So I can tell you this. uh, If you're new to the game, the way to measure a marketing channel is what we call dollar per dollar return. That means for every dollar I spend in marketing, how many dollars does that bring me back um, mm-hmm. in the sense of revenue? So with radio, I can tell you that it's a 3 to $4 return consistently. That means for every dollar you spend on radio, you're going to get somewhere between 3 to $4 back. Another way to say that is you're tripling to quadrupling your investment um, in radio. And again, those are the numbers I see from student to student across the nation. Again, do we have some that are higher than that? Yeah, but I like to be the guy that gives the conservative numbers no fluff. And I can tell you that you can be assured that you're going to get somewhere between one to three to one to four. And that's a great return. And the most important thing about that return is it's consistent. My frustration, Jack, I don't know if you experienced this, is things like direct mail tend to function uh, more like a roller coaster, Mm -hmm. depending on the year depending on saturation, right? What's going on? And I've I've gone up to one to four return on radio. I'm sorry, on direct mail. And then I've dropped all the way to one to two in a matter of a year. Mm-hmm. That's hard to run a business. Again, that's a right. lot of fluctuation um, in revenue, particularly when you're spending a lot of money. And the thing I appreciate about radio, it's just steady. It's consistent. It doesn't go up and down. It's just tried and true between one to three to one to four month after month. Have you found that the
0: uh, cost of the radio ads have, have changed at all during the whole COVID thing?
2: Uh, <laughs> COVID, yes. So this is a really interesting time to get into radio because you talked, okay. You gave the analogy of under normal conditions, you were dropped off going to business to business, knocking doors, trying to sell. Yeah. Can you imagine what your life would be like at a sales rep right now via COVID when all of a sudden a massive amount of people marketing on your radio station pulled and you've got your sales manager, business manager breathing down your neck going, Jack, you got to get out there and get some sales, man. We got to sell this time on the radio. We got Mm -hmm. too much open space here. So we have found that they are more negotiable than we've ever seen. And yes, we have students that are actually negotiating underneath the formula that we use, which I've not seen before. And that's just because stations right now are pretty desperate to, Mm -hmm. to sell time. And the great thing is if you're listening, you're like, well, that's great. What happened when COVID changes? It doesn't matter because we lock in these prices in a contract for 12 months. And then on our end, we get a two-week cancellation clause. So think about that. The station has to honor that for 12 months. And if you change your mind, you can cancel out with the two-week cancellation. That's a pretty good uh, risk-free setup with the radio mm-hmm. station. But that's what we teach our students to do. Sure. So do you have all of that uh,
0: documentation and strategies? Where, where would they find more information regarding that if they wanted to get a deeper dive in into this. I mean, we, we've we been talking for a half hour. I feel like we could probably go for another half hour. Um, but um, if they were interested yeah. in, in getting this type of training,
2: um, where would they go? Yeah. So again, if you're listening, uh, either the bells and like light bulbs are going off and you're like, this is a no brainer. And I love our students now because now that I've been doing this, we launched back in December. I have students closing deals and they just love radio, and it's cool to kind of be able to share that experience with them. But you want to start just like they did. You want to begin by doing your due diligence and asking questions. And the way you do that is you go to wholesellinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, wholesellinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Book a call, speak with our team, ask questions. The one thing we're doing, Jack, is we're preserving radio. So that means that we're limiting the amount of people per market. Some markets only get one. If they're smaller, some of the larger markets might get up to three, which means at this point there's markets that have already been bought out. So if you are interested in something you want to move on, because we don't want it to become like direct mail, we're really... I've been in the game long enough to know that if you're going to roll something like this out to make it work for those of us that use it, we got to preserve it. And so that's the way we're doing it by creating exclusivity in markets.
0: No, I, and that makes a lot of sense because like you said, what's making this unique right now is the, there isn't many people at all doing it. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a very, it's, it's a unique, but like I said earlier, an old school way of advertising. I think this is something to really consider.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, man, that's, that's kind of the nutshell, everything about radio. And obviously you can tell I love it because it's made such an impact on my business because without question, it's been the best marketing channel I've ever set up. And I've done, you name it, I've done it over 15 years. You can imagine I've tried it all.
0: Yeah. No, I really like the concept that they're self-selecting at that point versus versus the direct mail. You know, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of a direct mail campaign right now and um, uh, unlike some people, though, I will uh, return those calls of those people that that are pissed.
2: <laughs> well, the good thing about radio is that I can tell you is you won't feel sleazy doing it. I got to be honest. You know, some of the spamming approaches we took in the past, I felt pretty sleazy about it. You know, radio you can be proud of because it's professional. It's sophisticated. You're going to feel good about this marketing channel. And that's important. It's easier to convert a lead that's happy to talk to you than try to convert one that's calling in that's pissed off at you. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it, Jack, but if you let me choose one or the other, I'll take the person that really wants to talk to me and thinks that I'm a celebrity.
0: Yeah. So I, I always like to summarize at the end here uh, some of the highlights that we were chatting about. Well, first of the big one, the elephant in the room is radio. I mean, I, I can't believe. You know, I've been doing this for a while now. Um, I used to sell radio. Maybe that's why I've been avoiding it. But uh, it's something to really consider um, that it's very targeted. And um, in, in fact, the audience is very targeted. But those people who are going to act on it are very typically pretty motivated. You're not going to have to deal with a lot of hate calls when it comes to uh, your marketing. And then lastly, it's definitely not as expensive as I I expected it. I especially like that you talked about how consistent it is, whether it's one to one to a three ratio or one to four, it's it's a pretty consistent return on that investment. Was there anything like man, we I could probably make a list. I try to keep it to three.
2: So <laughs> okay, you got it. And just to wrap up again, celebrity status you know, yeah. instant credibility, it's set it and forget it, you know, it's incoming, highly motivated quality calls. Um, it just has numerous positive uh, characteristics to it. Yeah. So I will definitely make sure
0: that I include all of the links in the show notes. Um, and uh, if you haven't checked out Wholesale Inks podcast already, yeah, I don't, you're missing
2: out because your team rocks that that podcast I really appreciate, yeah, no, I it appreciate that, that. So, yeah you can go there and also if you just want you know free information and value I get how it is if you're new you're you know doing podcasts and YouTube you can definitely uh, go and subscribe to my YouTube at Chris Arnold Real Estate and uh, just get some free value over there as well so
0: I really appreciate your time Chris and thanks for opening my eyes I, I kind of uh, pushed this to the side and I think it's something that I gotta gotta look at
2: yeah, awesome! Thanks for having me on, man. I
0: appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation,
1: head over to patreon.com/slash/housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info@housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at House Dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by HouseDudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors.